0: What's up, Mafia. I'm Fernando Shimoji that's your leading the charge. And today I have Randy Hartman with me again, always a pleasure, Randy. Welcome, welcome, to and thank you so much for joining us here at Puffer Run. Randy, the house is yours, always, man. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, appreciate you having me on again.
0: Awesome. I've been talking, I've been in touch with Randy uh, through this week, and... Today we're going to do the Lofton exercise. It was actually one of my first episodes here at Buffalo Ramblings uh, was about this Lofton exercise. And I know you that haven't ever heard about it, to know a little bit about it shortly. But it's something that I've I've done since my Cover 1 days, uh, writing articles for Cover 1. It's something that Eric Turner brought me back in the day as an idea for an article, right? And that's an evaluation, uh, a simple process, a simple evaluation process that, why is it named Lofton Exercise after all? It's obviously named after uh, former Bills and Packers, Hall of Fame wide receiver James Lofton. And when he was part of uh, Marty Schottenheimer's coaching staff with the San Diego Chargers back in the, uh, on an interview, he shared this information uh, with us about about the the process that Marty Schottenheimer asked to ask asked his coaching staff to do to to evaluate his his rosters his teams right and it was pretty easy Schottenheimer asked his coaching staff to to separate their players to grade them or to separate them by tiers and the tiers were the first one can this player win games for you the second one you can win with those players right and the third one you need better those three tiers uh we're gonna check the bills roster and and see where we can rank those players and and which tiers we have those players so I did it what in one of my first episodes ever here at Buffalo Rambles before last season's or this season's free agency right so I had on in the team, I I had some question marks if Oliver would be on the team, but it will will be nice to see how the roster right now compares to the roster before that free agency back in the day, so I'm excited to share those results with you. And to actually do the exercise live here with Randy helping me out and discussing, Um, I didn't Prepare my list before beforehand so I'm I'm anxious to go through this list and to evaluate those guys and to see Randy's opinion and also your opinion Bills Mafia so feel free to comment in the chat if you agree disagree also if you're watching on another day and not live with us feel free to to let us know in the comment section your opinion about uh the list and and where do you agree where do you disagree so hit that like button subscribe to buffer run this channel and let's get it going randy so i will i will share uh, an image here with uh all mafia and i'm gonna start with the bills defense so i have a uh courtesy of our lads okay this depth chart and the bills defense depth chart in yellow we have the names that are free agents right potential free agents we never know with what's gonna happen before free agency actually starts and even other names here can become free agents via cuts right so we have here the depth chart up up to date already with for example man Milano back in the starting lineup um so we have the the main deals players in this roster and in this defense here on the screen and i would like to start evaluating this defensive line randy because i feel this defensive line uh, has let the team down in the last two playoff appearances right uh, i think there was a huge opportunity to take advantage of that Bengals offensive line that they were banged up right uh, a season ago and they couldn't and now again they were no factors against the chiefs in this elimination game so let's start from here and please get it
1: rolling Randy feel free to start please sure I mean I, I think if you're talking about the difference between guys that can you can that can lead you to a win versus guys that can be you know win with I think the defensive line is a perfect example there's nobody currently on our defensive line that will win games for you and that shows up in the playoffs. Um, Ed's a good player. I think he's an ascending player. He definitely earned his contract extension this year. But when it mattered the most, he was gone. And not only was he gone, but he was singled up the entire game. And that shows up. I mean, that's not just conjecture. That's verifiable. So one-on-one against KC, he didn't make a difference. Daquan Jones, as much as everybody likes him, and he's old, he didn't make a difference. So Leonard Floyd, been a great signing, didn't make much of a difference either. So the defensive line is a case of – it's kind of a – I'm not going to say it's worst-case scenario, but it's ter- in terms of what the Bills have committed to it, it's about as bad as it can get because they've committed a bunch of resources, time, money, and draft picks to it, and when it matters most, their return on investment is nothing. So we have good players – They haven't come through when we needed them. And so they are all guys that you can win with, but not because of to me. Um, I think we're still searching what they wanted Von Miller to be, which he was for eight games. And since then, obviously we know what happened, but we're still searching for that guy. And whether they find him this year or not is to be determined.
0: Yeah, man, I – remember from the exercise that I mentioned from before last season's free agency, right? Before the free agency. And I remember I had Vaughn and Daquan Jones as guys that could win games for you. And in fact, Daquan maybe was this guy before the injury, right? In the first few weeks of the season. But unfortunately, Vaughn hasn't been this guy this year. And it's a huge cash question mark if he can get back to this level. Uh, actually, I'd be happy to see him getting back to can win with level, you know, because right now, having won as, as a starter in the majority Ooh. of these snaps, I'd be more inclined to rank him in, you need better than that, right? If he's going to be your starter, one of your top two edge rushers, you got to, Get more from him than what the Bills have uh, gotten recently. So, oh, yeah. I mean, looking,
1: absolutely. absolutely. Right? I think Von Miller Von Miller went from a guy that can win a game for you to a need better um, mm-hmm. coming off that injury. And again, I understand timetables and return to full strength and all that. I get that. I'm not discounting the fact the guy is coming back from an injury. The fact of the matter is, when you're looking at return on investment, you give the guy a hundred plus million dollars, you need you need the performance out of it and right now you've got eight good games and then the rest and it just it's not there it's not there i get that they're extenuating circumstances but again when the rubber meets the road it just hasn't been worth it so far
0: totally agree man and with all this all those free agencies and 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 all those guys leaving the team probably right because it's not going to be easy to retain most of them um that's the the obviously with without a lot of cap space but via draft even it's uh probably an opportunity to rebuild this unit right we, you have Ed oliver and obviously he looked like a guy who could win games for you during all season but just like you said during the playoffs he showed that he still can't be trusted. As a guy like that, because Tony totally dominated him,
1: right? So well, I think I, I think that what what we really need, and I'm glad you mentioned free agency and and the cap situation and everything, because I know Greg Thompson over at Cover One did a you know did a show the other day about um, you know where we sit in terms of cap space and all that, and you know the, the long and short of it is that there are available avenues to create cap space and to be able to make some moves, not big moves. And I think that's important to understand because the one that, the the simulation that I was experimenting with um, at Over the Cap, uh, which is a great resource if you want to you know, check that out, um, mm-hmm. basically led me to find that by pulling the right levers and by doing a couple of timely extensions, we could bring back A.J. Epinesa and Leonard Floyd, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, to not high end, not top end deals, but not bottom basement deals, and would leave us some breathing room to be able to add here and there, and you know get the the puna fords and guys like that later on at the end of camp to be able to supplement your roster. But there's not much beyond that, and you really have to make the decision of which direction you want to go. Like if they come out, I'll give you an example. If they come out at the beginning of free agency and they sign, like let's say Michael Pittman for example, to be that wide receiver two. That basically means that Floyd, Epinesa, probably Daquan Jones are all out the door. So it's a three-for-one swing, essentially. You either get one high-priced guy and then kind of let everybody else drift away, or you can sign two or three moderately priced guys and sacrifice the big money splash. I think I know which way Bean is going to go, but again... It's a it's a crazy time of year, stuff happens, you never know.
0: Yeah, they they are absolutely also learning uh year by year, right? Trying to get better and maybe uh we can for example check what Vin did the last off season and how attacking the wide receiver position he tried Hardy, he tried Sheffield, he tried several routes and and maybe who knows, he just look at that and said, you know, now I'm going to try a, a, a guy who I really can trust and, and, and then drafts later for depth, for right? So who knows what's the direction they're going? they going to go in this defensive line. But looking at the, the names we have now, and if we bring back, for example, Floyd or uh, Daquan Jones or even Paneza, who's a guy who I feel like people loves him or likes him more than I do. know i I don't know man i just couldn't see him on the field against the chiefs and yes he's trending up he's developing still in the right direction but i felt i feel like my expectation with him since he was made a second round pick and how he's developed so far i feel like kind of let down you know so i'd expect i'd rather go a different route and and see been trying to identify nick good signings other names try something different those guys had plenty of opportunities already and when we needed them the most i felt like they didn't get the job done so i'd go i'd move on to linebackers with the defensive line with zero guys that can win games for you three guys that can you can win with and those guys would be rousseau oliver and in daquan jones And and then having Von Miller as a guy who gotta be better, you get you need better than that, and not essentially a better player than Von Miller, but you need Von Miller playing better than that, right? So he might be able to offer that next season to be at least in the group that you can win with. No doubt, that's a group that could use an early draft pick uh, that could come in and impact uh, quickly. Right, be a difference maker, not easy to find, right? But who knows a defensive tackle or or even as a pass rusher again. So, how do you feel about the bills maybe trying to address it via draft again after spending so many resources already about in in Rousseau, Epeneza, Boogie Bashan, who isn't even there anymore, Ed Oliver,
1: right? Well, part Uh, of the part of the reason why I am in favor of Pulling the levers to be able to re-sign Leonard Floyd and AJ Epinesos because I think that they're good rotational pieces in this defense, and they can be functional. Um, what I what I think is that we would be better served to try and beef up that interior um, with a, a higher end pick, not a first round pick, because I'm all in the wide receiver in the first round train. Um, but I mean, I think if you can come in in the second or third. And, and get a nice explosive interior piece to complement uh, what Ed does and what, you know, if you bring in dequan Jones, if, you know, somebody to, to spell him and kind of keep that fresh rotation going, uh, that's the way that I would go about it, uh, personally. Uh, I, I think that's probably the smartest way to, uh, to try and keep things going and not completely tear it down.
0: Yeah, and, and despite the... The, the recent development, I think it's, there is still a little bit of hope that Rousseau can become a guy that can win games for you, or even Oliver can take a, a next step and, and and become a guy that can win games for you. And obviously, as much or, or if you add more players that you can win with around them, it allows them maybe to take this next step. So those are guys that you might be able to see taking this next step next season, right? Okay, let's move on to linebacker position, a, a, a group that people weren't very confident last year, right? And, but now we have, a, a, assuming Milano can get back uh healthy and, and at the same level are, as we are used to watching him play, and we have Matt Milano, Terrell Bernard, right? Uh, we know that the Bills, play with two linebackers right we don't use the third linebacker is essentially teron uh teron johnson so with terrell bernard and matt milano i really feel like we really have two guys that can win games for us here bare minimum uh as we wait for milano to get back at full health a guy you can win with but i feel like those two went healthy and in this the, with the way that McDermott wanna use his defense, I feel like they can be special together there.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference.
1: we have are guys that can definitely win for you uh, when healthy. Um, they, they've they shown it. Um, Milano, you know, definitely this year and last year and his whole career leading up to this point, the guy can make big plays when it matters. Um, and Bernard, this year was a revelation that, you know, I think you were probably one of the few people that saw that coming. Uh, I certainly wasn't, and I can admit that. Uh, I have before. Um, I, I think in terms of linebackers moving forward, I would like, and this is not a – uh, a knock on Teron Johnson at all, but they have got to find a way to be able to play three linebacker sets effectively, and not be not lose in terms of uh, versus a team like the Chiefs that can you know that can kind of pick them apart uh, across the middle like they did you know with, with Klein out there. So for me, I think the development of Dorian Williams. Uh, into that possible third linebacker role is going to be really important this year. Not just as a role player backup, but if they want to roll out a pure 43-3 linebacker set, uh, being able to have Dorian Williams out there who can run and hit and add some coverage to his game to complement what Bernard and Milano do, that would be uh, something that would be really advantageous for us, I think, uh, especially come playoff time. If everyone's healthy so uh, that's what i'll be looking for this summer and also uh in camp uh you know next or later on this year um is where that is where that goes but i don't think we need to really add anything i think dodson would be nice to bring back um on a smaller deal he may get you know some mid-level contract somewhere else but you know you have the two main guys you have dorian williams you have Balen Spector. tyler madikovich probably gone that's probably going to be the Spectre role going forward um and if you can bring back Dodson that'd be that'd be great so that would be my linebacker group um ideally I don't think we need to add any more
0: yeah I agree man I don't think we gotta add anything there uh I feel like it's time to move on from Tyler Matkevich the Bills can't still uh spend money on him uh, we saw yeah. that the special teams wasn't really dominant, wasn't a special unit and, and so it's hard to justify spending more money on Matakavich and uh, uh, with uh, two observations about what you said with first with Dodson I have a major red flag on Dodson because man, McDermott preferring to go or rather going with Klein as middle linebacker for that game instead of having Dodson there. Dodson essentially played all had all of season as a middle linebacker one, had the preseason as a middle linebacker one. Obviously he wasn't doing it well and he lost the job to a guy who essentially didn't play in the in the in the pre despite I believe in, or really believing that they it was Bernard's job to lose all along, right? Um But the fact that he went Klein and he took a a long time to move on from... uh, He played Klein at middle linebacker essentially all game long. But for three quarters, we could see Klein on the field all the time and and not using Dodson. Yeah, Dodson was a little bit banged up, but still, uh, it's a red flag, in my opinion, if Dodson can't really be that middle linebacker when needed, at least, right? When you... And we know that Terrell Bernard, one of the the, the things that worries me about Terrell Bernard is obviously he's the biggest guy and he can be banged up quite often during his career with the way he plays, with the way he takes on blocks and how aggressive he is. He can miss some games here and there, just like Milano also. So I'm a little bit worried about Dodson in that sense. But on the other hand, just like you said, Dorian Williams development is really important and it's really important to Dorian to be able to fill in not just on on Milano's place when the opportunity uh arises but also on Bernard's place when needed right he he has the the athleticism he has long arms he kind of kind of feels like a mini Edmonds out there you know and and yeah man i i i hope he can Develop. And I, I feel like he can be a, a decent third linebacker already next season, just assuming from the jump that Bernard has done from year one to year two. I want to believe Dorian can have a, a, a good jump in, in terms of knowing the difference, knowing where to be. That's where he struggled the most, I believe, this rookie season but i haven't seen anything from mcdermott that would be make me confident that he's ready to use three linebackers you know he refused to do so against the patriots that game that the Patriots run the ball all game long and, and i don't know I, I really believe he refuses to go that that route no matter what you know and, and you can just find that it's bad to take teron johnson out of the field he's uh, uh, right now or or only all pro player on the defense this year, right? But with Hyde probably retiring or moving on, certainly moving on. What, how do you see a, as a possibility maybe McDermott having some packages where he can have three linebackers and maybe even have Taron Johnson as, as one of the safeties in those situations?
1: I mean, I don't know about moving. About having him play a safety role, but I think it's absolutely critical that we have to find viable uh, three linebacker packages. I mean, look, against the best teams, against the Kansas cities of the world, they're going to exploit those matchups. You got AJ Klein out there, you know, due to injury, they exploited it. You don't take Teron Johnson off the field. You got that undersized, that way undersized third linebacker out there. They're going to create mismatch and that's what they do that's what they did that's what they continue to do that's why we can't get by one of the reasons why we can't get by the kansas cities of the world you know it's because there we have some personnel deficiencies and we also have the head coach who is just not being flexible enough uh to be able to work around it you know it's a it's a punch and counter punch situation and for three years We've been getting punched and punched and punched, and we're not counterpunching correctly. And that's got to change. If we ever want to get over this hump, we've got to figure out something different. And if that means going against your philosophical tendencies to to try and create something new, then that's what you have to do. If you're Sean McDermott, if you're this defensive coaching staff, you have to get in the lab and figure out what can we do to not have this happen again? Because essentially, you know, in two games against the chiefs in the playoffs, we've been in a position to walk off the field with a lead. And it, it goes away. The first time they actually did walk off the field with a lead and the defense surrendered. We know what happened this time. You know, there's a chance for a game-tying field goal, which I don't even want to get into it, but you have a chance to tie the game with under two minutes left or win it on that drive, and it didn't happen. But there was no confidence in that defense, even had they scored a touchdown or a field goal, that the defense was going to be able to hold off Kansas City with under two minutes left. There's none because they were just going to exploit the matchups, drive down the field, and win the game. For a defensive head coach who prides himself on being able to close out games with defense, it's a big problem, and it's going to stop us from ever getting anywhere.
0: Yeah, man, I, I definitely agree. I feel like McDermott as a defensive uh, specialist, he got to have answers for all possible uh, adjustments that he's going to just like you said, maybe he He doesn't see all those adjustments uh, during regular season, but when you face Andy Reid in the playoffs, when you face even McDaniels in the playoff or or when you face all those offensive mind coaches that prepares all week long for one game against you, elimination game, they certainly going to explore all the alternatives, all the, the paths so they can beat you. And if you are only the uh, one-dimensional difference with what you do, and you never, you refuse to move, move on from that, or you don't have answers. Like just like they didn't have any answers for. Okay, our plan is starting client, middle and backer, and we don't have answers for. If they start to exploit them, it's really bad. It's his job to find some some alternatives, and I hope he can start working because now it seems, it really seems that now he doesn't have an um, an excuse that he doesn't have the the material, the players to do so. Dorian Williams developing his second season. Man, you have your hand-picked guys in Milano, Bernard, and Dorian Williams to be your top three linebackers and, and to be an advantage for you and a set for your difference, right? So I hope it goes this way. Moving on from linebackers, so two guys that can win games for you. The third one in Dorian, I'm talking potential, but I I I'd be inclined to put him in you can win with especially as a third guy, I feel like you can win with uh, Dorian as your third linebacker. Uh, Before moving on to to the defensive back, Josh Lane sent a question here about any thoughts on possibility of getting players like Clowney, Higgins, Mike Evans or Pittman Jr., and I know it's a long shot, but Khalil Mack, possible trade, it's a a, a subject that even... uh, Randy mentioned the great job that, that Greg Thompson did with the cap space, right? And and in his show this week. And I feel like if the Bills want to add one of those guys, it will be only this guy in, in the free agency. And then you've got to fill the ha- the rest of the roster with minimum guys and, and draft picks, right, Randy? And, so and, and...
1: My, my feeling on these guys specifically, and I'll go through them real quick one by one. Um, I think Clowney is potential, but he is not a pass rusher um, in the sense that he's going to get generate a bunch of sacks. I think if you're looking for somebody that's going to be getting sacks, you're better off re-signing Leonard Floyd, period. Higgins is going is to be at the top end. That's the guy that if you want to go get him, you go get him, but you're going to get nothing else in free agency. So And that's, that's going to hamstring your possibilities uh, in terms of getting depth pieces and fill-in pieces at the end of camp. Uh, to be able to fill out your roster, Michael Pittman is along those same lines, not quite as much, but it's going to hinder you know any other major signings. And then Mike Evans, and I would love to get Mike Evans if it was the guy that you know I wanted to draft when we took Sammy Watkins. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's who you're getting. So uh, I, I would say of all those, I would probably I probably pass on all of them. Honestly, if we can't re-sign Floyd, maybe. Take a take a gander at at Clowney for, you know, bet minimum or close to it, something like that. Khalil Mack, again, you're in you're in that Von Miller territory where you've got a lot of resources and money tied up into that position, and if you make a trade for that, what are you giving away? And then you know what what does his contract look like? I haven't even looked at it, so I'm not totally sure. I just I I think it's it's a lot to ask, Um, and I think there are other ways to. To spend the money that we that we could have not even that we have right now because we don't actually have it yet so uh i would pass on those guys yeah i i feel it, it ain't happening as well uh i'd love higgins my
0: goodness i would love higgins i i think he would be a, an awesome target for josh and for a long time right but the the, the finances they don't work here and clowny is yeah. a guy that i actually have. Had on my radar quite often in the last few off seasons, but I I'm already I already quit on that train. You know, I feel like he he isn't just he isn't the kind of pass rusher that they look for because they never tried him and he was out there available uh, several times, especially this season, right? And so Mac, I feel like the contract would be really difficult to to take on in this cap situation, but we, who knows? We'll need to wait and see. So defensive backs, another area where big time turnover probably happening because uh, it's an end of an era maybe at this group, at defensive backs, and, and Micah Hyde starting, maybe probably retiring or moving on, and big question marks about Tredavis White, if there is a, a, a place where the Bills can save some money, is cutting Tredavis White, right, and and a lot of question marks about him when he comes back at what level he'll be able to play and and if he's even going to be better than than rasul douglas or even than than benford or what benford offered you and how he's been developing the last few seasons so big question marks about Fred davis white uh randy looking at this defensive backs group please let me know your opinion
1: I I would love it if Trey could come back and transition to free safety. Um, I think with the guys that you have right now, Douglas should be the unquestioned CB1 coming into camp. Um, And then Benford right behind him at two. He's earned it. Uh, I would love to say that Elam has earned that CB2 spot. and You you really have, have two dynamic corners out there, but he hasn't done it yet. Um, maybe he'll be able to wrestle that job from, from Benford. It doesn't look that way. He's gotten beat two years in a row. I don't see that changing in year three, but who knows it could either way. He's a solid third cornerback to have. Um, and then you have Trey white coming off a of second surgery. So I, I, I think in the ideal world, I would like Trey to transition to safety, make up for losing like a Hyde, Who's probably gone. Who's almost hundred percent gone. Um, and then you look into the draft through to get some more safety, you know, help and potentially a starter going forward. Um, because I think Poyer is, is also on the list of guys that we really, really, really need to replace. Um we, will that happen? Uh I wouldn't hold your breath on Trey being able to make that transition. I think more than likely it's gonna end up with him being released, but it'll be it'll be a sad day because he's been such a big part of the team since he got there, and that's McDermott's first first-round pick, and, you know, he's been a huge part of the franchise.
2: Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, I also would be sad to see Trey go. Um, I also would love to have him move into safety. Um, He knows the difference. He's been around Hyde and Poyer all along, right? And he knows what McDermott wants from his defensive backs. I think Hold it's a size hands.
1: and style factor, though. I don't think he's yeah. necessarily big enough um, in a traditional sense to be safety. So he would have to alter his body a little bit um, to be able to make that transition. True. And also,
0: you maybe if you cut for Davis White, you get some money to sign one of the, the good safeties in the free agency. So there needs to be a... a, a you need to evaluate your options, right, and see what's really the best cost-benefit move. Uh, Personally, but... I would like to
1: go after Israel Mukwamu and uh, with the Cowboys, just uh, just personal that's, preference.
0: Yes, that's an interesting name. And with Poyer, man, he can't stay on this team without taking a pay cut, at least, right? Because uh, I don't know. Even I, I think it's the perfect opportunity to. Uh, with Hyde moving on to moving move on from Poyer as well. You know, I know he made an awesome play against the Chiefs to save that touchdown, but we can't be fooled by one play, and, and he hasn't been the same Jordan Poyer as we've seen in his prime. I've been telling, especially my audience in Portuguese, the Brazilian audience, I've been telling for a long time now about look, we will end paying Hyde and Poyer for for what they are they've already done in the past and not for what they're gonna do in the future right and and I feel like this year it happened they were earning a money for for what they've already done not for what they are producing right now and it's not gonna be better get better right so might be the perfect option to move on from both here right and especially if you can move to Davis White to safety and and make it easier to another safety to come in via draft or via free agency and to to play alongside him. But a lot of question marks here. I think what I can really assure in my opinion is that I feel like Rasul Douglas, I feel like uh Christian for those are guys that you can win with, right? And Rasul Douglas might be a guy that can win games for you sometimes with his playmaking ability, right?
1: Yeah, I, I have him in my ring games for you category. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's a yeah. playmaker. Definitely a playmaker. I just feel like he isn't consistently a, a lockdown guy. So he will win games for you with some big plays, but he also will sometimes uh, be burned by some good or great wide receivers. He isn't that lockdown guy. So there is this trade up. That's why I tend to go more to can win with than win games for you, but he's. Really close, and he's been as a Bill a guy that has won games for us, no doubt. And Bamford and 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 Taron Johnson, a guy that wins games for you, in my opinion, as well. It's not maybe with the big plays like like Rasul Douglas, but he's he's uh it's impressive how he can fill in, in the box and play the run, right? And that's a guy who is an impactful player. And then Bamford you can win with, and he's getting better. I feel like Kair, Elon, man, I I wanna go. You can win with because of the injury, because of the lack of opportunities. But he has his his rough games as well, so it's not like he you can't put him in. In gotta be better. He gotta be better no, I mean, in the sense of being being more more consistent, uh, dependable. Yeah, consistent, right? Yeah. yeah. But the the, the, the the ability is there, the potential is there. So I feel like you have the, the depth at the cornerback positions, right? And, yep. and then Poyer, man, I, I really don't know. Maybe you can win with, but he's been moved around. He's played dime backer to minimize or to make him being an impactful player. So maybe, ideally, you have a little bit more athleticism in the back end, right?
1: And i might Michael. Yeah, always- and, and that's why I would look. I would look at you know in free agency and also in the draft. I mean, you have a you have a, a coach who kind of specializes in in this type of thing, where you know he found Jordan Jordan Poyer coming off a lacerated kidney off the scrap heap and turn him into an All Pro player, or helped him become an All Pro player. He took an undervalued guy in Micah Hyde in free agency, uh, you know, and he becomes an All Pro type player so as far as being able to having a coach and the staff that can develop these guys i think you still have that in place as long as mcdermott's here so if it's me i'm looking at undervalued free agents and mid-round draft picks and going to town on trying to refine some of those rough edges and turn those guys into quality players uh that's that's where my head is with it i i don't think you need to go around one or two for safety uh certainly um and I wouldn't spend uh, a lot of money in free agency. I would go mid-level, mid-low-level free agency and then uh, rely on my coaching staff to be able to you know, create those diamonds. Work,
0: work that magic again, right? Yeah, yep. so closing the deal, we have... I put Rasutsu Can Win Games for you, right? I really take a lot of consideration into your evaluation. So since mine was really close, I pushed him up to can win games for you, and then we have guys that you can win with in, in Benford. in, um, oh, Taron Johnson also can win games for you, two guys there, and then Benford you can win with, uh, Poyer I had and can win with, and then gotta be better, Elon, and Fred Davis White, I don't know, man, total question mark here with coming back from injury, I, I really don't know about it. Um Bills Mafia hit that like button, subscribe to Buffalo Ramblings channel, help us to keep producing, this episode will be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well uh, moving on to the offensive side of the ball, we already had questions here in the chat about the offensive side, so and it's about Stefan Diggs, so let's start about the, the wide receivers Jogo asked here uh, Randy advancing the topic a little. Can Diggs still be considered can win games for you? That's a nice question because there there has been a lot of debate about mm-hmm. Stefan Diggs, uh, where is he at right now? And if he still is that, that guy that we saw even in the first half of the season, uh, or receiver one, but that the production has fallen recently after uh, Brady took over and... and it seemed like he was a little bit banged up. Sometimes he took himself out of games very often. It was a weird second half of the season and obviously the disappointing game against the Chiefs. So looking at the digs, what's your opinion on, on our number one wide receiver, Randy?
1: I think he can still be that guy. I think uh you know, the last half of this year he was a guy that you can win with but not win not will not win games for you. And I think a big part of that was, you know, uh, that there was just some schematical changes that happened with the offensive coordinator turnover. Also, teams were playing us differently. Uh, I think next year, once you get, uh, you know, once you you invest a, a nice pick in a in a wide receiver to complement what we do, um, I think you can see that open back up again and see him become that dynamic league leading playmaker that you know he was the first couple years and and when he was on pace to be this year before things kind of got off track i don't think any of that's really changed um i think it's going to be key that we get him that running mate on the other side um it's gonna it's gonna be important um just like like in cincinnati when they got jamar chase all of a sudden t higgins became the T Higgins that everybody wants nowadays. He wasn't that prior to Jamar chase getting there. He was okay. He was good, but he wasn't that guy. And now all of a sudden he's that guy. And I think in a reverse, in a, in a reverse way almost, cause Diggs has been that guy, but I think getting another one that can be more than Gabe Davis mm-hmm. is going to really help him. It's going to take some pressure off of him Um that's my thought on it. I, I think that I don't think that there's any reason to think that Stefan Diggs can't get back to the form that we all know he can.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like people are overreacting to this last game, especially the drop. It was uh, it was disappointing, no doubt. But even during this bad stretch, right uh, with uh, with Brady, we saw him beating. Jalen Ramsey like he was nothing and Josh missing him deep. And we saw he beating the Patriots defensive back as well for a big play. And it was just about Josh hitting him to have those over 100 game, 100 yard games and more touchdowns. So the ability is still there when healthy, he's still physically capable, right? He didn't, um, forget how to play the position he didn't forget how to run crispy uh crisp routes and and so i feel like he still can be this guy but moving to wide receiver two i st- so i answering diogo and i feel like you agree randy Diggs can still win games for you and i have him there uh but the wide receiver two you definitely need better than gabe davis i know a lot of people appreciate him i know his teammates appreciate him a lot i know he works hard as anybody and he earned that c on the chest but you need better you simply need better from the guy playing opposing to stefan Diggs. you need a guy who can draw attention you need a guy that people fear on one-on-one contested catches deep throws so dick's life can be easier right Kincaid is helping in that direction. Shakir has been growing in that direction, and I, I'm excited to see him next season as the guy, as the slot guy. But you need that number two, so I feel Davis, you gotta get better than that, and the draft is the the best route for that, especially in this draft class that seems very rich at the wide receiver position, right?
1: Yeah. And there's, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, there's one guy in particular I got my eye on, uh, should have come as no surprise, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think adding, you know, in the, in the, in the range of 28, uh, I think there's going to be a couple guys in that, you know, in that range, give or take a couple picks. And we know that Brandon Bean has no qualms about throwing away a fourth rounder to move up a few spots. So that's not a concern. um, but I think, yeah, a guy, you know, uh, there's been a few names thrown out there, Troy Franklin, Adonai Mitchell, uh, maybe Keon Coleman is some people's cup of tea. But for me, it's it's my my local guy, Xavier Leggett, South Carolina. Uh, we'll see what he measures at this week, this coming up week in Mobile. He's listed at 6'3", 227. But the main thing about Leggett that you need to know, whatever he is, six foot, six one, 6'3", six six doesn't matter. The guy was clocked, and I want to make this clear, this is an in-game clock. This isn't on a track. This isn't a 40-yard dash. This is in-game. This guy was pulling away from from DBs and linebackers and safeties and was clocked in-game faster than Tyreek Hill, okay? This is a a 227-pound receiver that, as far as foot speed goes, with the ball in his hand, is faster than Tyreek Hill. You tell me that's not something we can't add to this offense to create an extra dimension to be able to open things up for Kincaid, for Diggs, for Shakir, for James Cook, and for Josh Allen running the ball too. It's important that we add that type of dimension. So that's my yeah, guy. He's a contested catch monster, also. Um, I just I think it's one of those things to where, and he he offers more than what Gabe Davis does
0: yeah the the, the size speed the size speed combination just gives me some dk madcalf uh feelings you know about him obviously different players but but it feels like the size speed combination the the ability to go up and get it right so the bills passed on dk once i hope if he's there viable, they obviously the process is still early but it's a, a big time possibility and i hope the bills can't consider it um talking about Shakir Shakir is this lot guy now I th- I feel like he earned the right to coming to the campus the uncontested number three guy or or slot guy right and and he's been developing so well he's I hope he works out with Eric modes again because if there is a build a bill wide receiver that I really love that guy is emo so uh i hope he can work with the big guy again and and come back even more prepared for next season because i felt like he earned this spot at the slot wide receiver and man he's getting there as a guy who can might be able to win games with for you if he starts to put out more of those plays just like his touchdown against the steelers i feel at the bare bare minimum he is your slot uh, guy you can win with at this slot position ready
1: yeah, no, I mean I think Shakir, um yeah. you know, last last part of the season and through the playoffs, he he definitely earned that slot role. Um I think you could definitely see us moving off of Deontay Hardy in the offseason, potentially, uh especially with Naheem Hines coming back, um, in theory as your one of your primary kick returners. Um, but you know, which is also something that my guy Xavier Leggett offers his kick return um but uh you know I, I definitely think that that hardy you can see uh, go by the wayside especially if there's a decent little cap savings there um shakir's are in that spot you bring in a little competition you've got andy isabella signed to a futures deal you've got kj hamler signed to a futures deal there's plenty of guys that fit that mold in the draft that you can get on day three late day three even uh or as undrafted free agents so uh, I, I think we're okay there. I think we're we're in good shape there, one way or the other, um, with Shakir leading the, leading the pack. Um, yeah, I, I I like it. Uh, as far as you know, and then moving into tight ends too, I think yeah. you got one guy there that you can you can definitely win with, or sorry, that you can win because of, and then there's another guy that you can win with, and obviously we know who those are: Kincaid being the the top end one, and Knox being the guy that you can win with. They're both quality players. I think they bring different skills to the table um but they present different challenges for defenses when used correctly so i think overall our skill group um as far as pass catchers is in a good spot we just need to tweak a few pieces here and there and we'll we'll have a very uh very explosive top end in the nfl unit i think what's important for bills fans to realize is that whoever we do end up getting uh as far as in the draft for that second wide receiver spot is that they coming off, you know, to begin the season, they're not going to be just because they're wide receiver two doesn't mean they're going to be target two. got Diggs, Mm -hmm. you got Kincaid, you've got Shakir, you've got James Cook in the running running backs group. So this guy is going to be walking in as like a wide receiver or a a pass catching target four or five. A lot of times he's not going to be a primary. So it's going to allow that person to kind of transition in. So uh, patience is a virtue and I would, I would advise Bills Mafia to be patient with whoever that guy is, whether it's my guy or somebody else. Whoever steps into that Gabe Davis role, have some patience. Okay, it will take a little time. Mm-hmm.
0: Totally agree, man. And, and uh, about the tight ends as well, I feel like Kincaid is trending in the right direction, just like Shakir, and maybe with more uh, potential to work with, right? And yeah, I feel better about this pass catching group than I felt about this the, the group uh, before the season, right? I feel really better. I feel like we have some potential there. We we're gonna add one more, and if this guy especially can add that contested catch ability outside, uh, it's already it's it would be already a, a great addition to this offense, right? A, a new skill, a new a new wrinkle that we don't have right now uh moving on so to the running backs james cook established you know, as a guy established himself as a guy that i also will i feel like he's a guy that can win games for you um or at least very close to that because with his speed with his um uh, potential passing game also maybe work on the jugs machine a little bit this off season right but it's right there, man, and and yeah. Josh is gaining confidence in him, and I feel like we have another guy that can win games for you at the running back position, and then other mm-hmm. guys. Ty Johnson has been a, a surprise; he's a free agent, but that's a guy that I'd love to have back on the roster.
1: Yeah, I think Ty Johnson is a great low-cost solution to kind of an RB two, RB three, um, you know, and and I think what's what's important to understand is that the reason why we saw an evolution in James Cook and Ty Johnson uh, is because of the offensive line. I think all four, all five of those guys are not necessarily guys that you win because of, but they're all solidly in the win with group Mm -hmm. because they worked so well together. Osiris Torrance was, you know, a wonderful, wonderful addition um, to the offensive line and really locked down that guard spot, but also Connor McGovern. You know, he did yes. a really good job this year. And I remember, you know, reading when we signed him, there was a lot of Cowboys fans who were like, thanks, appreciate you taking our trash, good, rid- good rins <laughs> to bad rubbish, yeah. you know. And he turned out to be a really, really good player for us this year. Deion Dawkins had a spectacular year, um, you know, for the most part. I, I think he really solidified himself as a, as a solid player in a top half in the league, um, left tackle. He's probably in line for a small extension, I would, I would imagine, to try and uh, get some money. Um, so the offensive line and James Cook, uh, as it relates to it, there was, a, there was a lot of times as a rookie, and when I saw the things of him coming out, is that I worried that he had the C.J. Spiller gene of, oh my God, I can't see anything in front of me, let me just dart to the sideline because I know I can beat the guy to the corner. And in college, that works. When you're at Georgia, when you're at Clemson, when you're you know, in that scenario, it works. You're the fastest guy on the field. Um, in the pros, that's not the way that it, that it plays out. And CJ Spiller had such a short career because he couldn't figure that out. James Cook figured that out this year, and it was a beautiful thing to see when you see him kind of darting through and finding the creases. And then once he found the crease just hitting the gas and go being able to get that one cut and up and be able to get six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 plus yards and fighting through contact. It was a wonderful thing to see. Um, and I was not a fan of the cook pick coming out because I wanted Brees Hall. I thought he was a better overall player, but man, James cook really won me over this year uh, in terms of the way that he ran the ball uh, throughout the course of the season. He made huge strides. And if he can add, the consistent pass catching to his game to complement this this uh, new running style that he that he showcased this year, he'll be a really good back for us for the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, man, one hundred percent. And just to close it out about the offensive line, I feel like Dawkins, kind of like Oliver, played all season long, almost going to that group that can win games for you. But not that he had a bad game, but that. Only snap band that could have resulted on Josh Allen's touchdown. You know, Chris Jones just was able to throw yeah. him over Josh. That's where a left tackle that can win games for you, he holds down and and and, and he doesn't allow it to happen, right? So, uh, and and also about Torrance and Spencer Brown, especially Torrance. Very excited for this kid's future because incredible, impressive what he did this rookie year. And Spencer Brown finally. I do.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah I do just want to put a Spencer caveat. Brown.
1: I do want to put a little caveat on the offensive line, though. Uh, they were really good this year. However, Josh Allen made them look a lot better than they actually yeah. are. Okay. Absolutely. There's yes, that big that true. big yeah. six foot five X factor back there made them made it made a huge difference as far as sacks surrendered and. Yeah, yeah especially Sacks, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean
0: when you, I feel you, like you, in the in the in the run game, how physical they were, that's what I really sure sure love absolutely to see And and I hope they can continue to get better there. And Spencer Brown has all the physical tools to work with. So excited to see his future now and next season, especially if he can continue to trend up in the right direction, right? all right let's to to close it out we have special teams and coaching staff right and special teams real quick uh man the, the biggest question mark special teams 100 my opinion Tyler Bass bad season great contract so you in the in the ideal world he would be establishing himself even more this season as a top tier kicker and a guy who could win games for you but With his recent performance, that's a guy that, simply put, you need better than what he's offered recently, even though he might be the guy that can still become that win games for you.
1: That's how I see him, Randy. He's not going anywhere, but he's got to figure out what's wrong real fast. Put it that way. Yeah. He's got to fix it. And Sam Martin. How about Sam Martin? Uh, I mean, you know... He's, my thought on the punter is that they're a dime a dozen. They're replaceable. He did a good job. But if, you know, if he can't if he can't uh, do it, just find somebody else. Just make sure they're not, you know, going to yeah. get arrested yeah. or, you know, accused of some gang rape situation where they get taken off the team before they even have t- a chance to kick. You know, yeah. a punter is an important weapon to have, but it's very low on my priorities list, so – Uh, if we keep sam martin great if we move on from him okay you know man you know what even with uh
0: the way bass has been kicking badly recently i was kind of hopeful if matt hack maybe could bring back some of his magic with hack being his holder you know Uh, if martin (laughs) couldn't go in this last game and unfortunately we couldn't see it because clearly martin couldn't punt for in this game but still Ferguson is a no-go, and and he won't win games for you because he's a long snapper. Simply put, he can lose games for you, right? A bad long snapper. But win games for you, uh, a guy like this won't win games for you. And N'ahin Hines getting back as a returner. Deontay Hardy had one big play entire season, right? Uh, I feel like you got to get better there. And maybe N'ahin Hines can offer you a nice kick returner, but question mark coming back from the season... Long interview.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of those two is going to end up being a squeeze because of the because of money is what it comes down to. They both offer a lot of the same thing in the return game and then, you know, limited positional use. So one one of them is going to get squeezed, um, possibly both. You know, you never know. I doubt it. Brandon Bean said there is a plan for Naheem Hines, so I would take his word on that and think that, you know, if, if anybody of the two of them is probably going to be Hardy out the door, uh, one and done. And then replace him with a a younger guy so um that's pretty much where where it all lines up i think that uh you know special teams is mostly solid but there's room for improvement
0: no doubt no doubt and then the coaching staff to close it out randy uh i had sean mcdermott twice here because obviously he's the head coach and the defensive coordinator and then joe brady because despite being the intern and despite having a, a coaching search, and I saw today that the Bills were interviewing the former Bills quarterback and current uh, Cleveland Kibi coach. Uh, great. I just forgot his name.
1: Lewis. Stevie,
0: Ted Lewis. Ted Lewis. Yes. Yeah. Stevie Johnson was was crazy high on him. When he was here in the lead in the chart, I, I asked Stevie about which guy he played with that he thought could have been better uh, in different circumstances, different opportunities. And he mentioned Ted Lewis as the first guy. It was surprising for me. And and Ted Lewis is getting an interview. But
1: I think he was with Tampa this year, wasn't he? He was part of the Baker Mayfield resurgence with Tampa, Dave Canales.
0: I, I heard something Cleveland I, I read, I believe. But if it's Tampa, all good no double yeah. check but anyways man Bean was mentioning uh, Brady in his interview as he is the offensive coordinator for the future and I I really doubt they won't keep him you know with the way everybody is campaigning from him to, to continue Renan, Renan here in the chat just brought in the information about tempo you're right yeah. Randy so uh, I really doubt uh, Brady is going anywhere. And it's been – man, it's been a, a short period, but I will start with Brady. And I like what I've seen from him. I there's, like – There's uh, so
1: much hypothetical with Brady. There's there's yeah. a lot because, you know, people, people are going to say that, you know, we didn't even see Joe Brady's offense this year, that it, he was just mm-hmm. kind of working with what Dorsey had put together, which – you know, there's something there's I'm sure there's something to that. But I think it's important not only for uh you know, the Bills and this this regime, this coaching staff, and also for Josh Allen that they need to conduct a thorough, legitimate search and interview several candidates. They can't just do a couple token interviews to you know comply with the Rooney rule and and then say, All right, it's Joe Brady's job. They can't mm-hmm. They can't afford to do that. Not right now, not in the situation that they're in. They need an honest search. And the same thing goes with defensive coordinator. You know, if Sean McDermott wants to keep the the play caller duties, fine. But they need to really look at, you know, who is available out there, even if it's elevating somebody on the staff to keep them, like a Bobby Babbage, for example. You know, they, they they have to be honest and look inward and say, you know, what can we do? It's all about getting a trophy. It's all about getting a ring. What can we do to get, to put ourselves in the best position to do that? Uh, I don't have anything against Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator. If that's the route they go, I think he did a good job the second half of the year, kind of cleaning up the things that that Dorsey was doing. But overall, um, I think it's important that they conduct a thorough search. Uh, Smiley, you know, I'm sure I think there's better special teams coaches out there, so I'd be willing, I'd be perfectly okay if he's Nick out better. the door. You know, it definitely need better
0: time. Yeah. And uh about Brady, I just feel like they, they won't do that. Or I don't know. I just feel like they, they he's not losing this 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 job. Uh but the only way he loses his job is if they do what you're saying and do a, a true research to process uh, interview process, because that's the only way you can be blown out by somebody else, right? And I feel like they need to be blown out by by somebody else to be able to move on from Brady. Uh, but I feel I I'm really confident in Joe Brady to be honest. I like his a lot of people didn't like his game plan against the Chiefs. I loved it. I feel like he established the run game as I was expecting early. Uh, I feel like I, okay you, you, we didn't have big plays, but they were there to be done. You know they were
1: there they were there to be made and they were missed opportunities. But also, you know. We fell victim to the same—I hate using this term—but like the same old bills thing, where we're like we came out in the start of the second half in a game in a game where you have to be up the mm-hmm. whole game. You can't come out flat from a half, whether it's beginning of the game or in the second half. And we came out flat at the half mm-hmm. and lost any sort of momentum that we may have had. And as an offensive coordinator, you can't allow that to happen. You have to. Put your team in the position to be able to start to heat up and to generate some first downs quickly and to get the ball moving. And I just didn't see it. And so, I, like I said, I like Joe Brady. I think he's a leader in the clubhouse. But there are questions to be answered. And I think it's only fair to do an honest search.
0: Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And that start of the second half was tough. I still feel like he had an answer for the, the the adjustment from the the Chiefs stopping the Bills' run game, and he started to hit on those quick uh, screen passes, um, wide receiver screen passes. But yeah, and I feel like the defense allowing or conceding points every drive definitely didn't help, right? But yeah, I I I really like his job. I like uh, I feel like it's important that. Josh can trust the guy, and and I don't know, man, I'm comfortable with Brady, I feel like you can win with him, right, especially having, uh, and if you give him more options, more weapons, you can, he might be a guy that can win games for you with his scheming, we'll see, we need to wait and see, right, and Sean McDermott, to close it out, I feel like, man, I'd love to tell you that he wins games for you, at the defensive coordinator spot, but he doesn't. Simply put, when the biggest the game, uh, the biggest, it seems clear for me that he won't win games for you with his adjustments, with his game plan, with his uh, way of conducting the, the defense. He might be at best a guy that you can win with, but if we're talking the big, big game so far, I feel like he's the main uh reason we can't get past those those difficult teams man and because he has the weapons yes there were injuries and all but he has enough to to be able to win. and every time he finds a way because let's be honest he that fake punt it would have lost the game before the big jordan player play you know if that's a touchdown man games uh is end uh, it's finished there so I feel like you need better, and not necessarily you need to fire McDermott this off-season, but he gotta keep getting better. You know, I feel like he developed a little bit more this season. He adjusts a little bit more on the on situations that he used to struggle, but it hasn't been enough. Still, he still gotta get better than that, in my opinion. Absolutely. Okay, Randy, thank you so much, man, for taking your time joining me. Uh, I really appreciate every time you can join the show and and looking forward to doing some some draft content with you, some um, preparing some stuff, looking for the draft and free agency going forward. Uh, the doors are always wide
1: open for you. Thank you, man. Uh, thank you, man. appreciate you having me on as always. and uh, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get back up for some for some draft talk later on. Awesome, Bill Mafia,
0: I really appreciate you taking your time. Hit that like like button, subscribe, listen, and download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite aggregators. And that's it. I'll be back on Sunday with the leading the charge in Portuguese for Brazil and Latin America. And interacting via chat, answering questions, and talking bills. So, you are all invited. Next Friday, also leading the charges back in, in English for all the American fan base. So, thank you so much. And... See you around. Go Bills. Go Bills.